0: And welcome to another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I am your host, Brian Wilder, and we have Sam Cook and Kelsey Shalhoub in the studio. How are you guys doing today?
1: We're doing good. We, we're dancing. Oh, yeah. Well, there you are. <laughs> you, like
0: that, you like that cadence that, it, <laughs> that put a little pep in your step? Um, oh, always, always. We are recording at the, uh, the Sunny Studios in Evoke Advertising here in Orlando, Florida. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about brand consistency and authenticity, correct? Yes, All yes indeed. All right, cool. Like... With most brands, uh, you should kind of keep a very consistent profile, whether it's across multiple channels or just in real life. Uh, the, everything from the way that you look to the way that you convey yourselves online and off. Um, consistency is key. Consistency is key. Absolutely. So, to kind of jump into the conversation, I mean, we, we kind of had a pre conversation about this a couple of days ago. It's just like, what what kind of constitutes what what designates brand consistency how do you know looking at a brand how can you look at that brand and just say oh you're consistent you are you're on point you're doing what you're doing you're conveying your best truest self like how can you point that out you pick that out
2: from an artistic perspective um you know as an agency it's our job to make other people's brands really strong Mm -hmm. but evoke green Mm -hmm. is a technical term for the green that we use in our branding. So I think um, the way that you portray yourselves with color um, and with composition are both really important. Mm -hmm. Um, So our brand image on social media has a lot of black, white, and green. That specific evoke apple green. For sure. And then we, on our Instagram especially, have a lot of pictures of people um, because people are a business and we Mm -hmm. care a lot about the – people that work with us and the team. So I think that consistency-wise, um, those are the two things that really tie us together. And those are, color and composition are the sort of things, in my opinion,
1: that, that make a brand very identifiable. Mm. So Sam's talking about colors and a visual appeal, but um, voice and how, especially on social, how you can take one message and um, transfer it across different platforms that require a little bit of a different voice but still maintain um, on-brand voice, mm-hmm. um, whether you're going to Facebook where you're going to have something more lengthy, to Twitter where you're going to have something much more shorter, um, staying consistent with your writing style and your voice and Um, how you push that content and get that content across to Mm -hmm. the same audience on different channels, um, speaks to the non-visual side of maintaining brain consistency. Um,
2: and you know, content, like I think that just generally putting out content that's very consistent is the most important thing. Like you don't want to jump around. I see this all the time with, with, um, people that are just sort of starting their own personal brands, which we'll get to later. Um. But personal brands, people post like a bunch of selfies and then one real business post. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of other selfies or like one picture of food sort of ekes its way in there. Mm -hmm. And you got to filter that out. You have to have consistency in the amount of content and the type of content that you're sort of putting out.
0: So I guess to kind of place devil's advocate for a second, say that you're a clothing business of Mm -hmm. some sort and you have accounts that span from Twitter and Facebook over to LinkedIn. Now the three have three very different audiences Mm -hmm. and they have three very different ways in which you should kind of engage with them. Mm -hmm. How do you go about maintaining brand consistency while tailoring your content, tailoring your voice to match the medium? Like where, where, how do you find a balance between the two?
1: I think if you understand what you're, pushing or what your brand stands for even if it's like at an agency setting and Mm -hmm. you're not you're just working for that client um if you are maintaining um like engaging in conversations with other people within that industry sharing your own content creating original content and keeping it on brand but is your question what signifies on brand
0: Well, not even just so much the idea of being on brand, but just going back to the idea of authenticity Mm -hmm. It's like I'm not going to post something in a certain way on Twitter as I would on Facebook versus or or as I would on LinkedIn. So so there's there's going to be a clear distinction between the way that you're talking to someone. Mm -hmm. How do you meet that differentiation Mm -hmm. while still keeping your brand consistent across the board?
1: think like that's kind of built into even just coming up with a strategy in the okay. first place and maintaining yeah. like what is trending in that environment right mm-hmm. now. So like if it's with Twitter, like you're gonna find memes, you're gonna find certain things that aren't even ex- like don't even have an existent <laughs> on uh, LinkedIn. So being able to recognize, trying to maintain that trend, um, and like.
0: Cause I mean, that's something that I've seen a lot on LinkedIn specifically is like a lot of the timeline is starting to become more meme oh, like and then, and just like, yeah, like, like, oh, it's like place. <laughs> LinkedIn
2: has always been a wild, like a beyond my, my social media reach. I'm uh-huh. understanding.
0: And LinkedIn has been around for a while too. Oh, my God. I had a LinkedIn account when I was a freshman in college. Good for you. Man. <laughs> Put that on the I resume. I still
2: don't have a LinkedIn Uh, I do as I say, not as I do. Don't do that.
0: (laughs) I mean, admittedly, LinkedIn isn't for everyone, but I mean, it's still a very viable social media platform. So it's just, it's, it's always interesting to try to like reconcile because I, most people tend to look at LinkedIn as very businessy, very Mm. corporate, very like B to C, you know?
1: Um, Stephanie has something that she does with her strategy plans, social strategy plans. And, and tell,
0: tell, tell everybody who Stephanie is.
1: Stephanie is, uh, Evoke social strategist. Okay. <laughs> um,
0: so not just some random woman yeah, named Stephanie. Random Stephanie, Stephanie mm-hmm. girl,
1: lady. So she has this thing built into social, uh, strategy plans and response plans. And it's, um, like a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And for, um, certain clients, she'll come up with three main talking points, three mm-hmm. main topics of conversation, and then kind of filter out different ways to engage with that. Whether it's by sharing, other people's content, but relates to it, um, engaging with them directly in conversation or um, like promoting a product or a service and the v- like visual aspect of it kind of helps you mm-hmm. redirect where the conversation is going um, as far as what you're trying to talk about on a social platform.
0: Yeah. And so, so yeah. And so but without, but without giving away too much of our proprietary and, approach, um, it, I think it, it goes back to the idea of just voice. Mm-hmm. um knowing who you're talking to what that demographic is most likely to be interested in or how they would be interested in it mm-hmm. and then kind of conveying this sense of uh not thought leadership but expertise mm-hmm. you know and, and being able to really like position yourself as someone who's an authority on whatever your industry may be
1: on that same topping point Brian and Sam have very different perspectives coming from inside the agency so from each of your unique perspectives. How does something seamlessly come together and maintain brand consistency when creative's working on something, but people upstairs are also working on that same thing and not every single aspect of that project has a talking point. Um and yours from the production side and you kind of have like a bird's eye view of seeing yeah. everything happen in all different parts, but then coming together in one seamless package, if you will. Um, so,
0: yeah, I want to hear from Sam first, Ooh. being being the the, the operations yeah, it's so representative. The, what's
2: cool about my job is that you're right; I do have that bird's eye view, um, and I get to see like the real nitty gritty,
1: um, like. Sit down and spitball review. You mm-hmm. um, think it is track where a people plan. move yeah. from desk to desk, where people come upstairs, or mm-hmm. people go downstairs,
2: and like what people are working on. Mm-hmm. Like Chris will come up to my desk and be like, "Okay, mm-hmm. I need to mm-hmm. flesh out this idea for Florida Department of Health. Do you think this is cool? Is this neat?" And mm-hmm. as a, Chris is our I'm, creative I'm, director, right, and he's kind of like a I'm a neutral party because mm. I don't. <laughs> I work on all the accounts. I don't just work on one account. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm not directly doing client work. I'm just making sure that they're happy Mm -hmm. um, as director of agency happiness when they they come (laughs) to visit our office. Um, So making sure, like, seeing from a bird's eye view perspective the way that we come up with creative ideas and slowly execute them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And those are things that the client never really sees, is like, watching chris or watching brian or watching a group of interns get to get together at a picnic table on our patio and sort of just sit there and review okay this is what we want to do how are we going to accomplish it Mm. i watched it with riverside dash which is a charity run that we ran last year and we're going to run again this year um or help them run um you know i see it all the time with the interns um and i see it all the time you know coming out of the creative department watching people put up iteration after iteration after iteration of review process, um, on creative. And then I see when we go and present it to the client, the client comes in and they get to see that, you know, reveal, um, one time and they really see the almost final, if not final product. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's really interesting. And I, I love like seeing the whole process and not, not being really invested in like one, one, piece of it or, or another just gonna sit down and watch it all happen. yeah
0: so for me I I, I I partly agree with that idea of just being able to have that bird's eye view because it's very That's helpful what i
2: do i'm not you know really directly involved yeah
0: but i mean even still you that you i think we have an environment that allows oh, people yeah. who aren't directly involved mm-hmm. to still have mm-hmm. input meaningful input um but for me i i i, I hinge even more on the idea of kind of interdepartmental collaboration, like having a, having being in the creative department and having a rapport with social media Mm -hmm. who has a rapport with our media buyers, who has a rapport with the account managers and, and having those interdepartmental, like interpersonal relationships strengthens the strengthens content Mm -hmm. and then lends itself to being, creating a more of a brand consistency depending on which, whatever client you're working with. So being able to foster cohesion and be able to foster this. I don't want to say family because that's just so odd. Um, I mean, team, 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 team. Team. We'll go team. I feel like we say team a lot. We do.
2: Like I'll send staff emails. Collaborators.
0: Team.
1: Team.
2: I'll I'll send staff emails and I'll say, go team. Hey team. Or hey all, (laughs) you know, it's all means y'all. So that's, that's really Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you're right. I love seeing that the amount of times that some of our account managers just like walk up and down the stairs Mm. so they can get as much FaceTime with, with creative as possible. Um, I've seen when Ian used to work in account services, he would go up and down the stairs at least like five <laughs> times a day mm-hmm. at, at minimum. Um, and, you know, it's really doable here. It's not a – we don't have a office culture that just says, oh, yeah, just send an email. Yeah, no, mm. it's all open. It's go do No, oh, I'm not
0: – yeah, if you're, if you're in the building, I'm not going to email you. I, oh, I will show up at your desk.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that, though. <laughs> I, I like doing business in face that. Face-to-face. Mm. With all that we're saying and, like, departmentalizing mm-hmm. – How often do we actually come... Like, if we're getting new business, and I'm asking this just genuinely, not really having an answer, knowing. If we have new business come in, does everybody in each department come together and kind of like the new business person, the client themselves say, this is our brand, this is what we want to embody and evoke,
2: and Mm -hmm. then
1: each one of our departments take their own spin on it and turn on it, even though it's all under the same umbrella, or how do... We know internally that what you're working on, upstairs or downstairs rather, and what we're working on upstairs, is consistent and is seamless.
0: It goes back to the idea of communication. Uh, Like uh, a client might come to an agency saying, "This is our brand. This is what we. This is the image that we want to convey to the public. This is the image we want to convey to other companies." Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a duty. We have an obligation as creative and advertising professionals to stick to that while still being able to inject our own professional opinion into the mix. And so when you, when you kind of meld the two together, you get this, you get that, 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 that cohesion that I was talking Mm -hmm. about, that, that you're working with people in, in the, in the agency with you to kind of create this brand consistency that they want, that the client wants to convey. So it goes yeah. back to, again, communication, just talking to people and making sure you're on the right page.
2: When I get a cold call for new business, so someone will call and say, hey, I found you guys on Google because our SEO team just <laughs> real nice. Um, but if you know somebody calls us and says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in working with you, I have a referral, or I found you guys on Google, um, it's amazing how much information people will offer up mm. in the interest of keeping their brand consistent. Mm. So before I even transfer that call to our CEO, Terry Mooney, and say, hey, I have a new business lead for you on the phone. Um, they will tell me a little bit about their vibe. I'll write down in an email um, so that Terry has the notes before I transfer the call. I'll say, okay, this person is very, um, very mm-hmm. buttoned up, like very business oriented, very interested in numbers. And then someone else will call, and they'll be like, they're just looking to see what we can do for them. They're just looking for, um, you know, some solutions for just social. But there's an opportunity here. They're really relaxed. And, um, you know, the, the way that that cold call goes and the way that that client acts in the beginning of us um, really working with them tends to continue on into the history of us working with and them. And how we're able always, to communicate yeah, with them. Yeah, if they're always a chill client and they have a chill vibe, that bleeds directly into their brand. Mm. And then they tend to be more relaxed or, or have a um, have a target that is not... Very, you know, business oriented or very financially oriented or we will get someone from a bank that's very financially oriented. So I think that um, even attitudes of the people that you work with bleeds into your brand.
0: Absolutely. So going back to what you said earlier, Kelsey, about, you know, just having that, that hypothetical client come in and say, this is our brand, this is our brand. What about switch gears a little bit? What about situations where there's a client who's had this established ban- brand, everybody knows this brand, but they're looking to change things up? Yeah. The 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 the, the infamous rebrand. Mm. I love the rebrand. Yeah, i was going to say <laughs> Sam is ready. <laughs>
2: I am all about the rebrand. I think that um you know, living living as a millennial mm-hmm. um that I've seen a couple of brands completely redo themselves, reface themselves. Mm-hmm. Um I think that y- even if you believe that you have a strong and true brand identity and that you are, you know, everything is going really well, mm-hmm. um it could change on a moment's at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. What's on trend, like Kelsey was saying, could change at a moment's notice and you need to be able to roll with those punches. For sure. And um keep yourself current. So even if you make like you don't have to turn on a dime. You can make like a little jump to the left and, and do a slightly related rebrand mm-hmm. or you can just completely change it up. And we see through the agency,
1: we see a lot of people that do one or the other. Okay, mm, I think also considering how much content we're getting always so frequently on social, mm-hmm. you always have this new want of like a new look or a new aesthetic um, so brands, even just tweaking something like packaging, you see that all the time. It's not like yeah. a complete and total, but you know they're rebranding what it visually appeals and looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- when we were brainstorming and talking about this before we started recording, you were talking about how you're seeing a lot of big companies yeah. rebrand themselves to look like smaller companies, and all of that has a very similar aesthetic from oh, industry yeah. to industry. So can you talk a little bit about that? So and- you were. Talking about Away, yes, I was. Which is a notable Instagram yes. account um, and a really
2: interesting brand. Um, so, if you, you guys don't know, there is a Away is a suitcase retailer. They they sell luggage. They sell luggage, but
0: hmm.
1: so much but more. So much more. They sell the idea <laughs> of you being well traveled. They sell. They sell away. the the
0: concept of wanderlust. Yes, yes they do, um,
1: and they well. do
2: it very well. And I don't know their corporate numbers, but to me, it seems like like maybe a team of six people that are just rocking out, that are just doing a real good job. But they have to be bigger than
1: they, that. They they yeah. are. they got a nice little h- headquarter in New York City. They're um, with the,
2: And that's oh yeah, and that's something that I'm seeing really often is that um, the boutique feel Mm -hmm. is becoming very popular, and a lot of brands are using it to look very consistent across all of their other social media platforms or their other brands. So um, I brought up a more Pacific, which is a Korean beauty brand Mm. um, that is sold at Sephora. And at a couple other United States retailers. Um, But they have other brands under their umbrellas that are sold at other retailers. Mm -hmm. Like Etude House is sold at Forever 21. Um, Laneige is sold at Sephora and at Target. Um, And if you go on each of their Instagram pages, you see, like, it's very clean. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of clutter. It doesn't feel directly salesy. And they understand their demographics enough that the same type of person is going to seek out a... Korean skincare brand Mm -hmm. Um, so one of their other companies is Innisfree which is like an all natural brand and then Etude House is like their discount younger demographic um, teen into early 20s female this is the one at Forever that's the one at Forever 21 Um, so their packaging is wildly different Mm. and their demos are wildly different. Um, industry has a much higher price point, not much, much higher, but higher price point. Um, but across their social media, a more specific as a parent company Mm. is making sure that their brands are incredibly consistent and up uh, next
1: to each other. They look pretty much the same, Mm. but with different color schemes. Yeah. Hmm. And that is fascinating to me. <laughs> I think that also goes back like, especially with away, if I see like behind the scenes stuff and I know you guys do that down in Creative, but just storyboarding and like it doesn't even mm-hmm. have to be like away when they were they had some behind the scenes shots on their Instagram stories and they were opening up a new retail location in yeah. San Francisco. And they had a storyboard and it was pictures of nothing related to a new store. Mm-hmm. It was just like tiles, colors, and textures, and you know all of these pieces that work kind of into the um, color concept that you yeah. were talking about when you're creating this brand consistency. Um, so on a production side of that, being able to hit all of the tallies. It kind of reminds me of like... Brian, I don't know if you know as much as Sam But you know like in magazines where you it just like asks a question, you like follow the like chart to get to like your final answer? Oh, yeah. I mean, you like know what I'm talking <laughs> what?
0: about. What? Have you yes. ever seen that? I feel like yeah. it's more in. Of course.
1: Like, uh, but that is kind of feel like something that you would follow like, hypothetically or in your mind to meet this overall brand consistency of, like, taking you through scenarios and be like, would this take me further or closer Does this Is this something that my demo would want to see or do and kind of just filter and tier yourself?
0: Yeah, was, uh, there? Fl- yeah, flowcharts.
1: Flo- no, that's the uh, word. I don't know why I had to describe the <laughs> magazine. Flowchart. <laughs>
0: <Yay>, Kelsey. <laughs> I'm not that
2: old. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? I promise,
0: I promise. <laughs>
2: um But, yeah, you know, I think that along with, like, the boutique, um, feel of like, you know, we're opening a new store, but we're not going to show you the new store Mm. because we're more interested in what you'll find beyond the store. Mm. Um, you know, it, these beauty brands, they'll be like, okay, we're a huge giant conglomerate (laughs) that Mm -hmm. has like 50 brands underneath us. But when you walk into our doors, it's a boutique and it's one little hallway in on ninth in New York. And you can only, you know, buy some limited edition things. And it's just, it's the boutique experience. Yeah, this is boutique. Um, yeah. Why is that tre- why is that a trend? Why are I think that it, it the customer service thing is dying. Mm. I could go
0: on Well, Well, about well, the, well the elab- thing. elaborate yeah. without without going too deep bit, into it. What do you mean the cu- the customer service trend is dying, you well, said? Oh,
1: I mean like <laughs> you heard it here like first. <laughs> when oh god.
2: Um, oh god, what have I done? Um, so, you know, when, like the old years of having someone come up to you in a Macy's mm. and and sell you a scent. Mm-hmm. And by Those,
0: sell, you mean just, like, haphazardly spray perfume in no, your mouth? No, I
2: mean, like, legitimately <laughs> sit you down in a chair and be like, okay, we're going to do a makeover now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to do, you know, and, and you have a salesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, people are more interested now with online retail and with, um, like, generally walking into a store. I don't think that people are very interested in, in um, interacting with someone. They're like, oh, no, I'm going to yeah. look around. Like, I'm going to go and shop and look around. And that's what a boutique kind of enables, okay. I think. But I think...
0: But I would kind of argue that seems, that sentiment seems a little inconsistent just considering the fact that there's such an uprise in. Makeup tutorials online. Oh
2: right, yeah. But so you do it's, that in the comfort of your own home.
0: But you're, but so you're, but you're still subscribing to that sense of expertise because I right. think that's what people went into stores looking for was that right. expert who can kind of sit them down and show them how it's done.
2: Right, I agree. But the fact that it's like a smaller boutique, I think that leads into the expertise thing. Okay. So you're getting someone instead of going into a Macy's, which is like a huge, a huge, huge box store. Yeah. Um, and they sell, you know, washers and dryers, but also makeup. Uh-huh. And They also might have someone that does makeup <laughs> tutorials. You're walking in, you're gonna the one thing Mm -hmm. and you're surrounded and completely by that brand Mm. there's no Uh, other things to interrupt
1: your buying experience okay that's it okay um you see that i had a conversation with someone who does sales uh, like for his living he has for many years now and he said good salesman are, I don't see them anymore mm-hmm. and said exactly what Sam did mm-hmm. that when I or and kind of what you picking up on the expertise he said when I walk in the store I want someone who's an expert on what type of shoe I want to be wearing or whatever it is to mm-hmm. come up and to talk to me um, about the product and he says I don't see that. Anywhere, anymore, and I think that a lot of it has to do with people don't want that, like, cold call or that, like, confrontation. They're just like, nah, I'm okay, I got it, and go do online reviews and seek different forums online for maybe what they're trying to do instead of just... Getting that in person, which I don't know is good or bad, but
2: yeah, it, it's it doesn't go either way. You know, it's not like a, it's dying. We have to save it. It's uh, <laughs> we're we're moving on to a different buying experience. Yeah,
0: I don't think I think people want fewer salesmen and mm. more concierge. Right, ooh, like, like that concierge ooh, service. Right. Like you want to feel not pampered, but kinda. A little bit, yeah. Important. <laughs> a little bit. I think a
2: there's bit. a little, there's a little like, oh, we're in the, the in crowd.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The the whole, ex- yeah. And we've talked about this, you know, uh-huh. the velvet rope effect and just like that, that that sense of exclusivity and being part of a, you know, a part of an exclusive group of people. Mm-hmm. It's like people who like um, try to seek out secret menus at restaurants. It's oh, like yeah. you know, it's it's that the idea of being like in something inside on something that other a lot of people aren't really you know in tune to without having to pay. The money that comes with being with those traditionally, you know, exclusive or VIP groups. So, I don't know. I think it's a little bit bit both. So, speaking of exorbitant costs, um, we're gonna switch gears again and just talk about what does it take to really maintain brand consistency. I mean, we've already discussed like the the juxtaposition of consistency through diversification, um, with you know having an umbrella corporation have multiple brands that service multiple audiences so like what like where does and i think we we talk about the idea of like authenticity like where like how pure is a brand's identity
1: i think it comes from the people that are creating and starting that brand Mm -hmm. um like the product is just like this Um, final destination but like the story that's told to get you to there I think it comes from the people and from um, like if you're going to grow a brand and grow a team like bringing on people that already are um, in this on the same level of um, like passion passion ethics mindset interest um, and being able to speak on that in their own time and Mm. being able to speak it As a brand ambassador. So we think of all these big companies, they all have brand ambassadors. They have them, um, I mean, I see them on college campuses very often. And being able to recruit people that are already living that idyllic brand lifestyle um, makes it really easy for them to put it onto social or to put it into copy or to put it into creative because it's something that they're already kind of living. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say maintaining the consistency is being consistent with your team and with your people and... um,
0: So it it starts from the inside and kind of just like proliferates out. It takes a village to raise a child.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, that's what makes a brand feel authentic. Mm -hmm. Mm. You know, I I completely agree with you. I think, and I think that you described what it is to be authentic Mm. um, as a brand because nobody wants. it is not always the best decision. Let me rephrase that. It's not always the best decision to um, be salesy, like mm-hmm. we've mentioned a couple of times in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's just good enough to be really authentic and put out these sort of content and, um, you know, driving forces that people want to see. And if the people that you work with want to see it and this is what they enjoy, then mm-hmm. it always, you mm-hmm. know, it always comes out as being very positive and, and
1: relatable, what you said kind of makes me think of the word comfortable. Oh, yeah. And, w- like, we talked about, too, like, this this idea of, um, like, comfortable advertising, I guess, especially on social platforms, especially on Instagram, and being able to see content that is so true to brands um, that you wouldn't really, like, have to stop instead and, and be like, wow, this is a very obvious, awkward um, push for me to go do something or this very, like hazard like yellow lights flashing ad 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 it kind of just melts itself in mm-hmm. to their overall um their overall brand which kind of pushes that consistency onto those platforms like we were talking about before um yeah you
2: know instagram again and again when you're scrolling and you see an ad and you think it's just a friend's post mm-hmm.
1: or That's, it's just an that is the off. best thing that oh, yeah. could happen
0: you see, I'm I, I'm from the I'm from the other side of that. Like, whenever I see something like that that seems so seamlessly integrated into my timeline, and then yeah. I realize that oh, this is an ad, I get upset. Why? <laughs> because I got hoodwinked. I got bamboozled, man. That's what they want to do, does not
1: it? I feel We're
0: like I'm watching it, you, it, Brian. <laughs> I'm
1: watching myself. I feel like that is. I feel like that's awesome. I feel like if you can get your brand across and you're mm-hmm. like we're talking about this balance of aesthetic mm-hmm. through without making someone like jump out of their seat and be like this is an ad mm-hmm. um and work it into this like lifestyle e looking photo and i maybe that's just coming from a social side of looking at that mm-hmm. very often especially with the way like you had mentioned you just see that and it just looks just looks so nice
0: <laughs> so but then I think the main goal of any advertisement that a person creates is to, to, to essentially a sale. sell, sell a, a product or a service. Mm-hmm. So then I argue. So the argument is if uh, an ad comes across as so seamlessly integrated mm-hmm. into just the natural timeline of mm-hmm. things, does it get lost in the frame? Does it no, lose no. its efficacy?
1: Because the so. other
2: things that um, drive a sale or that drive you know a- attention to your brand mm-hmm. are not just going to be that that ad looking good it's also going to be your customer service mm-hmm. like um it's also going to be you know how what your price point is it's going to be a whole bunch of things and that's where finding a demographic that fits your needs as an advertiser Um, really comes into play. So, recently, I bought Warby Parker glasses. Okay. And Warby Parker is one of those Instagram accounts that when I scroll through, it just looks like a selfie of someone that I know, Mm -hmm. or it looks like a brand that I follow. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I went on their website to check it out at at the recommendation of a friend of mine, um, and... They have a chat service on there, so I don't have to, like, pick up the phone and call somebody. I can just chat and ask a question. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a wonderful website. Um, You know, ease of usability is another thing. Yeah. So it wasn't just the Instagram post. It was a variety of other factors, and I am in their target demographic, and it converted into a sale. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's all of those things sort of coming together, and um, that that seamless ad just sort of strengthens it and is one
1: piece of the puzzle. Yeah. This sounds a little stuffy, but we have Instagram. We go to Instagram mm-hmm. to be visually pleasing, to see photos that are of high quality and, you know, good content. And, um, looking at, you know, finding one random photo in your like explore that's like based upon other stuff that you're looking mm-hmm. at. Like I'm not sh- you said you got a recommendation from Warbur Parker, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and then going to the overall page and seeing it all kind of tie together and come together, whether it's with similar people, similar uh, you know messages in um, uh, captions or colors, like all these different pieces that we said. I think blending it in to look like you know your next door neighbor's um, photo is is awesome.
0: So it's just playing, creating this this careful balance between authenticity and aesthetic yeah yeah excellent
2: hashtag
0: aesthetic i need the 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 more you know star to come shooting across the (laughs) 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 so we're gonna dust off an oldie you guys ready yes you guys remember take it or leave it yeah Uh, i I started i started missing that so i'm glad that it popped up so we're gonna we're gonna play a super quick game of Take It or Leave It, for those who are listening for the first time and aren't familiar with the game, Take It or Leave It is a round-robin, rapid-fire kind of back-and-forth where we throw out some sort of ad or pop culture reference, uh, whether it's an emerging trend or some sort of issue or just a, a story that, that's been catching um, prominence in the past few weeks. It's like we, we, we shoot it out, we talk about it, and we say whether or not we take it or leave it and do a quick discussion on why. So, ready, ladies? Yes. Let's do it. All like, right, first topic: Instagram polls. Take yeah. it or leave it. I'm,
1: I'm, gonna, take it. I'm <laughs> gonna take it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I didn't even. Yeah, I, I the first people that I saw doing it was Away, and oh, word, of course. <laughs> and uh, I learned like <laughs> that's where that's my go-to. Um, but their polls are just like, would you rather go on um, a snowy or sunny vacation, mm-hmm. and have people come in? So it's not even like, do you prefer this luggage or this luggage? Yeah. It's just. About that overall, um, tone of voice. It's oh yeah, and interactivity. And like
2: you know, I like seeing people that I follow ask me, "Hey, what kind of content do you enjoy seeing from me?" Oh yeah.
0: Like, oh, you you you, see- would, you you appreciate that? Yeah, I appreciate that. Because
2: oh. then, like, when I log into my Instagram, I'm like, "Oh, well, there's another picture of food." Huh. You know, it's like, do you want to see personal life posts, or do you want to see like the business side of things? I'm like, always oh, business. I always want to see what you're making. I want to see what you're working on. I, I enjoy a personal life, thank
1: you, but like put it on your story. Mm-hmm. Don't put Don't it in fill your. It up. So you yeah. will engage back. You're I will engage. Engaging and taking. I will 100% engage. Yeah. I okay.
0: Wow. That's okay. We're 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 in uh, agreement across the board. Yeah. I'd totally uh, take a person on this one just just because the I was very surprised when you said that you actually enjoy the idea of surveys because it. It, it it allows you to kind of tailor your timeline in real time.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and you might not win. Mm-hmm. You know, you might vote and not you know <laughs> lose the pack. You might be in like the 22% of people that feel yeah. that way. And that's but. fine.
0: It's it's kind of a low impact way of being able to kind of gauge sentiment mm-hmm. and still kind of maintain that interactivity within the platform. So, yeah, yeah for take sure.
2: It. Also people meme on it real hard. <laughs> 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 it.
0: All right, next topic, the concept of the personal brand. Take it or leave it.
2: Taking it. I want to hear what you say, Brian.
0: Ooh. Okay, so I understand that okay. creating this, creating a personal brand, quote unquote, is like that thing that you do that kind of separates you from the herd, and it allows you to get seen and um, gets you the exposure that you need when you're, like, it, 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 it's like a standing out in, in a crowd of suits. You know, wearing a wearing a fur coat when you're standing to stand out in a crowd of suits. Um, That's something
2: you would
0: do. Uh, it's totally something <laughs> I would do. Um, so I get. I I get the concept of establishing a personal brand. I just don't like when people refer to their like their selves as stupid. oh this is my personal brand. Mm-hmm. Like I do this thing because I'm trying oh. to maintain my personal brand. I like drink this coffee. Wise? No, not even just hobbies. It's just like oh I I listen to the Strokes pre 2006 because oh my. that's my personal <laughs> okay. brand.
1: The, 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 yeah. and, okay, and I think there's All a right. they, yeah.
0: It's so it's, it's it's a very niche approach, but How I'll about, take it. I was going to say, I'll how about it.
1: like marketing yourself? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. A... You
0: should definitely market yourself any opportunity you get. But it goes back to the idea of like people want people want uh, fewer salesmen and more of a concierge. Mm-hmm. So it's like we I want less people trying to sell themselves to me mm-hmm. and just have their personality kind of just seamlessly integrate into the timeline that is life. You know?
2: Yeah. Um, I think I will also take it, mm-hmm. but I think that there's levels. Yeah. You know, there's, like, someone who's on a personal brand because these are the things they're, they're into. Like, yeah. I have a friend that's real into taxidermy, and her all her social media is just dead bugs, which I love. I think it's awesome. It's creepy, and I love it. Um, but there are other people that I follow that have literally built themselves up from the ground. Mm-hmm. And for them, a personal brand is the difference between wishing you were famous and making yourself famous. Yeah you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that there there's ways that you can do it to have a consistent personal brand cuz there are the things that you're passionate about. Yeah. And there's people that are real passionate and they want to get seen. Yeah. And those are two different levels of effort. Mm-hmm. It takes an incredible amount of effort and time and trying to really put yourself out there yeah. in the, you know, famous way.
0: It's just just the difference between being pure and being a poser.
2: Yeah, okay, Brian. <laughs> 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 poser.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next topic, and this will be the last one, the uh, the six-second video ad. Now, I, there's been uh, the, the, the re-emergence of very short, very snackable buzzword. Ooh, very snackable. Th- oh, yeah, buzzword. I'll write that um, one down. Yeah, write that down. Um, Hashtag snackable. Pieces of video content, whether it's in a six-second pre-roll ad or a six-second ad on, on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere else. And... I, I, I thought that it was dead at one point. I thought they killed it with Vine, yeah. you know, when they got rid of Vine. And But now I'm starting to see these, like, micro micro ads that are, like, three, four, five, six seconds long. So wh- what's the validity? Do you take it? Do you leave it? Like, where, where does it fit into the...
2: I'm going to leave it. Uh-huh. Because if... You post an ad that's five seconds long in between me viewing my friend's Snapchat stories. Yeah. I'm going to page bast you faster <laughs> than I would anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just, me, me, give me something to engage with. Like, give me some meat. I want, like, yeah. I want some jerky to snack on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like, little. None of this little, <laughs> little, I don't want none of this little snackable.
0: Uh, the whole thing. some questionable food metaphors.
1: <laughs> I'm also going to leave it. Um, And, like, all of the six-second video ads that I've seen have just been, like, a flash of logo. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, if you're going to do something, give me something good. Mm -hmm. Like Sam said, give me something creative. Like, if you have six seconds, like, it's just full blast. Like, give me everything you got. Um, But I get the idea behind it. Like, hey, maybe if I just flash this, like, brand recognition and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I understand. But give me something real good. Yeah, but
2: we're also advertising professionals, so... You know, I think that, take that with a grain of salt. Like yeah. I think that we're really interested in seeing, you know, okay, like, what, what you got? What you no. selling me? What's under the, you know, what are you going to, like, open your trench coat and there's just, like, a wall? <laughs> of, <laughs> a novel left of
0: stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being a copywriter, I want to be able to tell as much of the story as I can with as much time as I have. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, uh, six seconds. Well, okay, I take it back. There is one instance, one brand, um, Jameson, mm-hmm. I've, I've oh. seen them a bunch of times now, like six second ads where they're, they're promoting their cask mates, uh, whiskey where it's like oh, yeah, the I've whiskey agent, like, uh, uh, I don't even know what kind of barrels, but like something Oak. where it's like, yeah, it's like beer mixed <laughs> with, um, with whiskey. Cause that sounds, that sounds awesome. like a great idea. Um, no. but they do execute their, um, their, so their six second ads on Facebook specifically very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time it's just like a glorified boomerang to me. Mm. Like it's oh just, Yeah. And I, and I feel like people have kind of, like, put those by the wayside, too. I hate boomerangs. I do not like boomerangs. I don't like boomerangs either. I don't either. like boomerangs. Um,
1: nope. Not I don't, at really. don't use them that much,
2: but I don't mind looking at them. It's I true, don't yeah. mind if it's, like, once in a while, but I've also seen accounts that are like, this is a boomerang <laughs> account, and it's so, oh, oh boy, sometimes it's just a lot.
1: We're yeah. leaving the boomerang accounts, so that's for sure. It was not it on, on the topic, but just for the record. Yeah, <laughs>
0: we're, yeah we're definitely leaving boomerangs. It's not on the list, but we're, we're leaving those in the dust. So, on that note... We are going to wrap things up. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I want to thank my hosts or my guests, excuse me, uh, Kelsey Chaloux and Sam (laughs) Cook for coming in. Um, As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to Provoke. That's P R O V O K at evokead.com and follow us on Twitter coming soon. Twitter coming soon. But you can also follow our Evoke advertising um, account as well as. evoke on um on facebook uh to keep up with all of our contributions to the advertising world now as far as the quote is concerned it's from uh lisa gansky she is a well-known author and entrepreneur and she said a brand is a voice and the product is a souvenir y'all marinate on that one and take care